Welcome. It's our uh, first uh, Sunday of the Advent season as we come to worship God in the expectation and anticipation of the coming of the Christ. And so we welcome all to this time of worship and celebration into this very special season of the year. This is actually when, for the Christians, the, uh, the church year, the church calendar begins, when we begin the, to walk through the story of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and it begins with the words of the prophets, it begins with the expectation and anticipation that God will come, that God's promises will be fulfilled, and that the Christ child will be here. And so we start a new year, we start with expectation, we, we come together in this time of worship. I'm Pastor Rafe Vigil, and I'm glad to share this uh, time with you. We're going to uh, have a wonderful season of Advent, as you can see from all of the stuff around us, and um, what a wonderful time it is to, uh, to worship and to praise our God. So uh, let's uh, come to our feet as we're able and sing our praises to God as we enter into this time of worship. Father God, we thank you for a wonderful day. We thank you, God, for bringing us together one more time, Lord, to sing praises to your name. Lord, we're reminded that it's all about you and nothing about us, Lord. And we pray that your name will be lifted high, you will be glorified, and the praise will fill this place, and our hearts will be filled with joy because, God, you are the Savior of the world, and we're thankful this morning. In Jesus' name, and all God's people say... Amen.
when Jesus takes control of your life, you don't have to be afraid of anything because he's our protector. Is that amen? He protects you and he keeps you unless anything happens to you. share each week with uh, um, our pegs, you know, our foundation where we stand uh, to pray, engage, to, uh, to give, and to, uh, to serve. Um, and there are multiple ways of, of participating and engaging in that. Uh, I think really the engage part of this is the key part because, um, you know, we, we, when we pray, we engage with others. When we give, we're engaging with the uh, community. When we serve, we're engaging in in God's work in, in our community and, and reaching out. And so uh, I think the engaging part is, is, is key to that. And, you know, there's lots of things that are happening in the life of the church, uh, particularly as we go into Advent with the Advent studies and, and other opportunities that are ours to engage and engage with, with each other. But what I want to highlight and, and lift up uh, uh, today is uh, an invitation as we enter into Advent to pray and to pray for others. Um, some of you may know and may realize that um, 
the Advent season, and particularly as we get closer to Christmas and New Year's, can be a very uh, lonely time. And so mental health becomes a significant issue at this time of the year. And so I wanted you to invite you to pray for those that you may know or others that uh, may be in need of that kind of care and, uh, and attention during uh, this time of the year. Pray for those who are ill because there are many who are facing, facing illnesses. Pray for those who are grieving because the holiday time is, for, is often a time when those griefs and those loved ones who are, who are missing from our lives um, uh, are missing and you know, we feel it uh, more acutely. And so pray for those who are grieving uh, during this time. We've come through the last two years of a very difficult time that can heighten loneliness, heighten grief, heighten our hurts and our anxieties. And so I invite you to, during this Advent season, to, um, in your prayers, to lift up others, uh, particularly in those areas that I've talked about. There are ways that you can participate and engage with others. You can give, you can, you can serve. Our, our angel tree that was lifted up is, is there, and information is, is online or here on campus um, about all those things. But uh, let's make this a season of prayer. We're praying for one another. We're praying for our community. We're praying for our world. We're praying for those who are struggling with mental illness or illness or grief and, um, and need our, our presence and our power in, in their lives. And we need that from each other as we share together. And so I'm going to invite uh, Pastor Lisa. She'll come and uh, lift us up in prayer. Holy God, we come prepared to worship you this morning. As we enter into this season of Advent, we come to this sacred space and time with expectation. Expectation of your coming. Expectation of hearing you speak to us a word for our lives that is new and renewing. Expectation of being challenged and changed. We lay aside any expectation of being entertained or of being made comfortable, of being served rather than serving others. Your kingdom is near, and you have entrusted to us, your church, the responsibility of exemplifying the love, forgiveness, justice, compassion, and peace that are signs of that kingdom. May we embody your kingdom with faithfulness and joy. We pray as your son taught us to. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespassed against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
So there's a, there's a couple of things that I need to warn you all about a little bit, is that um, one, um, there's usually a, a clock that I look at directly that's there, that, uh, um, that's on the wall, it's digital, and uh, it doesn't have any like flashing lights when the bald guy rambles too long, but, uh, but uh, the clock is not there, the clock is broken, and so... Um, so everything's let loose today. Okay, there's no constraints, no, no constraints. Um, also, things will be, uh, you know, we change some things up for the Advent season as we uh, approach uh, Christmas. There are things that are, that are happening and uh, going on, and we want to pay attention to them. And so, um, you know, you can see all of the decor and the colors and the lights and the candles and everything, and it's a, it's a beautiful time of the year, but it's also a time of the year of anticipating that day, that day. And so for the next few weeks, our, uh, what we share in will be about the day, the day. And the day is talked about in Scripture, that day, that time, that um, the arrival of God's love, God's promises, God's grace, all of what God is and God wants to offer to us is coming. And so this is a season of anticipating and watching and waiting and looking. And so we enter into that hopefully with hearts that are open for the anticipation and, uh, and the waiting and the grace that is in that expectation. And so uh, Jesus, or the Gospel of Luke shares some words of Jesus that kind of get us ready for that. And this is in the Gospel of Luke in the 21st, 21st chapter, beginning at verse 25. There will be signs, signs in the sun, moon and stars on the earth there will be dismay among nations in their confusion over the roaring of the sea and the surging waves the planets and other heavenly bodies will be shaken causing people to faint from fear and foreboding of what is coming upon the world then they will see the human one coming on a cloud with power and great splendor now when these things begin to happen, stand up, stand up straight and, and raise your heads because your redemption is near. Jesus told them a parable. Look at the fig tree and, and all the trees. When they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is near. In the same way, when you see these things happening, you know that God's kingdom is near. I assure you that this generation won't pass away until everything has happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will certainly not pass away. Take care that your hearts aren't dulled by drinking parties, drunkenness, and the anxieties of day-to-day -day life. Don't let that day fall upon you unexpectedly. Unexpectedly like a trap. It will come upon everyone who lives on the face of the whole earth. Stay alert at all times, praying, praying that you are strong enough to escape everything that is about to happen and to stand before the human one. Amen. Amen. Most gracious God, 
let your words of anticipation, your words of expectation, bring us hope this day. Amen. Amen. Have you seen the signs? There's signs all around us. Like Jesus said, look at the trees. Something's happening. Something's going on. There are signs around us. I mean, I, I mean, it's like somebody's expecting something. A day is coming. Uh, Jesus said, look at the trees. Look at the trees. Have you seen them? There are trees all over the place. People are selling trees. Who buys trees that are going to die in a few weeks? They've been cut down from somewhere else and shipped here. Look at the trees. The trees are a sign. There, there's trees everywhere. Buying and selling of trees. Why in the world are we doing that? Something is happening. People are putting lights on their houses. And I'm not talking about security system lights. I'm talking about twinkling things with lots of colors. In my neighborhood, somebody put up lights that went all the way across the street. And is something about to happen? Is something going on? There are signs around us. The days are getting shorter. Have you noticed that? The days are getting shorter. It's taking longer and longer for packages to go through the mail. Uh, I know, you all have noticed that, right? Ordering our things online and they, oh yeah, it's going to be here tomorrow. Oh no, it's going to be the next day. Oh no, it's going to be the next day. And you're following it with all that anticipation of it coming. Christmas is coming. Look, there's trees in here and there's, there's candles and lights and things going on. And, uh, you know, something is coming. Advent has started. Christmas is coming. And you know what Christmas is coming means? We have a deadline. We have a deadline. It is a deadline because, you know, there's only so many shopping days left before Christmas. There is a deadline. The deadline of, uh, of when you have to have everything decorated, the house, and it all cleaned so that people can gather however people are gathering uh, in the context that we're in. We, there's a deadline. And here's the thing. When you have a deadline, how do you act? How do you act when you have a deadline? What do you do in the moment now when you have a deadline that's facing you? And folks, we got a deadline. The signs are all around us. There's a deadline. And the deadline is the day. The day is coming. The day. I have a deadline every week that I live with. The day is coming. And my day for the last 35 plus years has been Sunday. Sunday's coming, you know, and it comes every seven days without fail, and uh, preacher guy's got to write a sermon, and it's got to be ready every Sunday, you know, and, and, you know, so the day is coming, and I can't tell you how many brothers and sisters I have in the, in the clergy that their Saturdays are filled with the anxiety of getting ready for the day, and then late Saturday nights, and I've been there myself on Saturday nights, late, trying to, trying to put things together and, and make things happen, and Ah, so when the, I know that I've got the deadline, when I know that I've got the day that's upon me, I, I structure where the moment I'm in differently, right? On, on Mondays, there's the, the ideas and the themes and remembering previous work that I've done and planning things for the worship and all the stuff that helps to add value and begin to get my brain working and then creativity that happens, but Thursday becomes an important day for me, a day of, of prayer and a day of, 
of creativity and a day of letting God's spirit work and God's spirit move so that enough is put down on paper that if, if things begin to happen on Friday and Saturday, I can still grab enough together. And let me tell you something, Fridays and Saturdays go a lot better when something's put down by Thursday. You know, it was very important when I had children at home and lots of things to do all day on Saturdays. We all have the day, right? We all have a day coming. The day is coming. Are we ready? We all have these deadlines. We all have these deadlines. And then you get this scripture of Jesus, where Jesus is talking about all the celestial objects beginning to shake, you know, and to things might come apart and be really different. And so we get this anxiety building up in us. And so we've what are we going to do in the day? What are we going to do now for the day that is coming? What are we going to do in this moment? It used to be that what we do is duck and cover, right? You know, I'm not old enough to remember that. I do read about it in history, that there was this time when people would practice at school during the Cold Wars, and the day might come when everything would come to an end, and the best way to do it was to duck under your little metal wooden desk because that would take care of everything, right? <laughs> that would put everything, and all it did was create more anxiety and more worry uh, about that. But what do we do in our moments when we know that the day is coming? These passages, these passages of talking about the day, and the big churchy word is eschatology. That's the big churchy word. They really are talking about our present moment when we read the words of the Old Testament book of Daniel or the last book in the New Testament, the Revelation, or even these words of Jesus in Luke, and they talk about the day and they're giving us these, this picture of, of end times and what the end times might look like, the end of days. In truth, what these metaphors are talking about is about our present moment and how do we act now when we know that there is a deadline? How do we act during Advent when we know that Christmas is coming? And Jesus says, lift your head. Stand up. Get going. Because you see, these words of talking about the day, they're really like a spiritual alarm clock. It's to wake us up. It's to get us started, to get us going. Isn't that what an alarm clock does? It gets you going into the day. It gets you moving into it. It gets you up and at it, not ducking and covering under the covers, but getting up and moving and staying alert and being on, on duty, as you might say, because the day is near. The day is near. But here's the thing. We have enough trouble today, don't we? We have enough of our struggles today. Our day-to-day -day life can produce just as much anxiety. You know what that, the word anxiety uh, in Greek, it literally means divided mind. You know, you've got your mind going in two different directions. Your mind's divided between things. Well, that sounds like anxiety to me, doesn't it? Personally, I like the German word that they use for it. The German word literally means to strangle. That's what anxiety does. It strangles. It strangles. And what happens in the anxiety of our day-to-day -day life, 
is that we can lose sight of the activity of God, the activity of the kingdom that is present and real for us right now in this moment, to lose sight of the kingdom, to lose sight of God's, uh, 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 God's activity, to lose sight of what God is doing. When we get focused on the day-to-day, what we need to do, what we need others to do for us, what needs to happen, and we get caught up in that anxiety, that it produces this anxiety that can trip sensors. And folks, when I say trip sensors, I mean, yes, they have invented an anxiety-detecting machine. There is a machine that will detect anxiety. I guess it's kind of like a, a lie detector thing, but it can tell when your heart rate and your pupils and everything else is changing because you're just filled with the anxiety of our day-to-day lives. We get anxious about our deadlines. We get anxious about whatever. We get anxious about the problems that we have to face, about the deadlines. And when we face the problem, it's like, oh, I need to fix this. And when there's a deadline, oh, I've got to get to work and I've got to do this. I need to do this and we need to do that. Fill in the blanks. I need to take care of this to relieve my anxiety. I need to do this or we need to do this to take care of my anxiety. I need to get other people to do this because it will make me feel better and some of my anxiety will go down. And when we get caught up in all of that, we get distracted from what God is doing today. The signs of the kingdom that are all around us. And sometimes we need to break free from that day-to-day anxiety to see what God is doing. In our household, we, we often hear the uh, phrase, I need an adventure. I need an adventure. And that adventure is kind of our, our I need to, to break away from the day-to-day. Because you know how day-to-day stuff can get. It can get distracting Day-to-day can, uh, can just become like I'm labor- laboring through this. It's laborious. It's dull. It's boring. Am I being productive? There are things that have to be done. We know where we're called. We know what we have to work on. We know what we need to do. We know where we're in God's purposes. But still, the day-to-day can just be so anxiety-producing. So in our family, we hear the phrase, I needed adventure. And, and for Amy and I, an adventure usually takes usually one of two forms a very active vacation kind of trip where we're hiking or doing that kind of stuff or a mission trip. And so when someone says, I need an adventure, it's because we've become too focused on the day-to-day and we need to break free. And, and a recreational vacation includes hiking or kayaking or something outdoors. And when you go hiking in the fall or kayaking down a, a nice flat Florida river and you see the wildlife and everything, you begin to see the activity of God. It's called natural revelation. When you're standing on the seashore and the sun is coming up or the sun is going down and you're contemplating just the immensity and the complexity of all that the world is. And there's this revelation of God where awe fills you. At least it does for me. And there's this natural revelation of God and we can see the activity of God around us in the natural world. I, I needed adventure might also mean for us mission trips. Everybody in our family, Amy and I and all three boys have been on mission trips. We've all been to the same place and we've been together and we've traveled both 
in this country and in other countries to go on, on mission trips. But what mission trips do is for us, and particularly for me, is it reawakens me like the alarm clock I was talking about. The alarm clock goes off and my focus is different and I see the activity of God around me in people's lives, in lives that are being transformed and changed. I'm reawakened to the activity of God as I see signs of, of God's work. And here's the thing, when you come back from the adventure, the worries of everyday life don't go away. They're still there. Real life is still real life, and you still got to deal with it. But it helps to stay alert, to wake up, to open your eyes, to be on guard for what God is doing, because God's day is coming. God's day is coming. And so it raises the question for each and every one of us, where do we see the signs? Or as some people might call them, the God sightings. Where do we see the hints of the kingdom that are coming in and around us? Where do we experience and feel and sense that the day is truly coming upon us? There are signs of the fulfilled promises of God. Because the prophet Jeremiah talks about it like this. The time is coming, declares the Lord, when I will fulfill my gracious promise with the people. The promise that is fulfilled, every sign that we see of that awakens us to the presence and the power of God. When a child who has received food because of food insecurity in their household grows up to now go to high school and in high school joins a group and a club that now packs that food so that others can receive it. And God's Spirit works full circle like that is a sign of God's kingdom. Or when the young adult who struggles to find their way in life and, and, and mental health is becoming a, a real issue with young adults, and uh, particularly in college campuses across our nation. And so when these young adults who struggle to find their way, who struggle to, to see what's next for their life, when they discover their passion and discover their, their purpose and they take that next step and they move forward, ah, oh, Fulfilled promises. God's coming. Or the person with a chronic condition who finds their call, their way of, of teaching, inspiring, lifting, encouraging others and supporting others, when that person finds their way of, of giving to others and it fills their life, sign, these are signs of the kingdom. When that family member, that family member finally gets clean. Signs of the kingdom. Do you believe the signs? Do you trust the signs? Or do we get distracted by the anxieties of our day-to-day -day life? 
got to get here, got to go there, got to do this, got to do that. And so anxieties become big business. Big business, there are lots of meds out there for anxiety. It's become big business. The self-help books, comfort foods that we've got to have and coming up with something else processed that feels more comfortable when we choke it down quickly. Security systems. Anxiety is big business. But the day belongs to God. The day belongs to God. And we live in anticipation of the promises being fulfilled. Do we believe it? So there's this minister who was watching a televangelist. And the televangelist was, was hawking his uh, book on the end of days. You know, the end times. And the evangelist was saying, you buy this book and you will learn how to read the signs of the times so that you may know that Jesus is coming back very soon. That Jesus is going to come. And so you need to get this book. And so this minister who's watching the televangelist calls up. You know, he calls the 800 number and he says, hey, I need that free copy of the book. And the person receiving, oh, sorry, it's 1595 plus shipping. And the minister says, no, you don't understand. If the day is coming, if Jesus is coming back, you don't need the money. Nobody needs the money. You don't, you know, we don't, have, have you figured it out? If you have the answer, we don't need the money if you just believe that Jesus Christ is coming back very soon. You should be giving these books away. Do you believe in the signs? The day is coming. The day is coming when God's promises will be fulfilled. Heaven and earth will pass away, but God's word won't. It will feel like our world is shaken and coming apart, but God's word will be sure and true. Worries and anxieties and things that hurt us, earthly struggles, you know, we, we try to find our comfort. You know, the world will seem chaotic. There'll be things like, like covid and our economics going up and down and, and jobs and can we find the job and not or I've got my job is too hard for me now or there's too much or I've got to fix the car, I've got to take care of my parents, or I've got to take care of my kids, I've got to do this. And chaos is everywhere in our world, chaos is in our families, chaos is in the church. There are more people engaging in worship via technology than there are sitting here with us. We've never seen a church like that before. This is chaos. This is chaos. And so the anxiety builds. And if we focus on those things, we can lose sight of the activity of God that is very real and very present around us. So what are we focused on? The things that will pass away? The things that will just go? They're the things that produce most of our anxiety and our worry. Or do we focus on the word of God? The eternal assurance that love prevails. Focus on the word of God where there is peace in the midst of our chaos, in the midst of our earthly insecurities. The word of God, the day, is coming for fulfilled promises. It's like 
Christmas for kids, you know? When the day comes and the gifts are there, and the gifts are there, and the packages are opened, and the, the joy and the excitement is there, when the deadline has arrived, our world has anxiety-producing chaos. But the promise is of the glory of Jesus' return and Jesus' revival. Arrival. Our world is filled with chaos, but the promise is the glory of Jesus present with us now. And so, do we practice the duck and cover? Or it is, our, is it our alarm clock to stand up, to face the day, and to step forward strong? Because we are sure that the promises are true and are being fulfilled. Amen and amen. Most gracious and holy God, meet us, please meet us in the presence, in the midst of the chaos that affects our lives. Let us find peace and hope, hope, Lord, in the assurance that your promises are true and that your promises are being fulfilled in the arrival of Jesus, in the arrival of a Savior, in the arrival of the day. Oh Lord, please, we need you in this season of our lives. Amen. Amen. Let us respond to God with our song.
as, as you go, wake up, stand strong, and stand on, on your pegs. Uh, pray during this season. Make sure you find ways to engage with others and engage in, in worship and engage in study. Give, and the opportunities for giving can easily be found online or, or here on campus and, and serve during this season so that others may know the love of God. Go now, anticipating that God is moving and doing great things and fulfilling the promises given to all, us all. Amen and amen. Thank you.